the way that they. Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll free. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com here with you tonight. It's Ian, Nemi, and Mark. All right. So you can, of course, bring up anything you want. I want to start out the show tonight, and I'm sure, Nemi, you will assist in this uh, process because I'm pretty frustrated. I was uh, disgusted. I am disgusted and frustrated, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I had said to myself that, boy, you know, if they do if they do put our friend Ademo in jail from coplock.org, if they do put Ademo in jail, he was expecting to go to jail today. Yeah. I said that would be insane because it's insane what they have done. I, I It's know. the most ridiculous of – I don't know. This may be the most ridiculous of all of the things I've seen happen. And I've seen some terrible, horrible, ridiculous things happen to activists up here. And as I was discussing last night, we get to see this because we have activism going on up here. And so when you've got activism happening on a regular basis – the state agents get a good chance to show how absolutely ludicrous they they can be and how absurd and how scary and how just lacking any kind of compassion or logic or courage or, to explain or counter your points even of have you, are you prosecuting people who have hurt people today Nobody answered you. It, crickets. Oh, God. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, so you're referring to what happened beforehand, uh, before the absolute ridiculousness uh, occurred, which was I was sitting in the courtroom and, you know, it bugs me uh, sitting in these quiet institutional places. I, I don't like how people who normally would be very chatty with one another, uh, people, even the people in the liberty community, it affects uh, everyone. It affects everybody. It affects me, too. Uh, th- th- there's just this silence. You ever, well, you ever yeah. been in a uh, you know, courtroom? or the judge uh, you know, doesn't even have to be there. It's right. Before, That's yeah. because you can go to jail for talking in one of these places. No mm. doubt people are scared. You can go to jail for not standing in these places. Well, you can go to jail for all manner of things they want to put you in jail for. Sure. But I've never seen anyone go to jail for talking before a judge arrives I, in, in I understand. Court. I'm not saying that that's not true. The, the, I, I get where you're coming from. But no wonder people, people are cowed in these places. There's a huge threat oh, absolutely. that looms over the place. And they know. They, anybody that's ever been to court knows that they're absolutely ridiculous and how that they behave and the, the arbitrary rules that they enforce at, at a whim of the bureaucrats. So I totally understand why people are very deferent when they go into these places, but it still bugs me. I mean, I'm sitting in this, we're just sitting in this room, you know, of course, they open the courtroom up whenever the F they want to. By the way, we were in a big rush to get to the courthouse. We all went out to uh, to lunch beforehand, and, you know, Damo got his meal fast because we, you know, they expedited yeah. it because he had to leave soon and, you know, get out there. And uh, Kate and myself, uh, I was videotaping uh, the extravaganza, and uh, Kate was driving, and so we all kind of 
got out as quickly as possible. So we showed up, uh, you know, relatively on time. They, of course, wait until they darn well feel like it to open up the, uh, the chamber doors. And then everybody just sits there until the man in the robe decides to mosey on down. It was one thirty. It was one thirty. he came in he the walked, room? Yeah, when he walked in the room, it was one thirty. And it was supposed to be starting at 1. So that was half an hour of quiet. Right. And so just sitting there. So I just start peppering uh, the, uh, the, the silence with uh, questions and observations about this terrible system and the people that are working within it asking questions of the the prosecutor like you said about yeah. how many people he's going to put in jail today and how many people peaceful people and how many peaceful people he has put in jail and throughout his whole career of course he just sits there ignoring me and this was after i'd already asked a number of other things and said a number of other things eventually a cop gets up and walks over and he att- attempts to shut me up, uh, attempts you know, to try to tell me to be quiet. And I basically looked back at him and I said, oh, no, thanks. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And I, I, I'm not going, you know, basically told him I'm not going to shut up for you. They definitely had a police presence in the room. Um, yes, just for us, by and, the way. All the yeah, cops left yeah. after we uh, left. That's right. They had four in the back row. And later on, when, when the shouting started, <laughs> the calling out started, um, they all came up and sat at the end. At least they sat at the end of my. Um, I wanted to call it a pew, but it's the the, the row. But it's very much Why like a pew. Why not call it church. a pew? They are essentially the same thing as pews at church. They are as uncomfortable. Yeah. They are sh- shaped in a similar manner. Yeah. And essentially, it is a chamber for worship. I mean, really, it's uh, it's it's creepy. You've got to have a faith based belief to uh, consider you know, that guy in that black robe to be any better than you are, that you have to stand up for him. Um, you don't stand, if you don't stand up for other people when they come in the room, why, uh, other men, why would you stand up for that person? There were a couple of redeeming moments, uh, but they only had to do with the, uh, the audience there, not the bureaucrats. There was one guy behind me who, when everybody stayed seated, when the man in the robe came in the room, because we had a bunch of liberty-minded folks there, probably about 20, I would say, uh, at least. It was 20. well attended, I believe. Or yeah. a bunch of people that came out from Keene. Several carloads came out from Keene, and uh, some folks came from Manchester, of course. This was all happening at Manchester District Court today. And there was a dude behind me who, when we stayed seated, he goes, you guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear yeah. that, but that's great. And uh, there was another dude that laughed at one of the, the, the lines that I threw out uh, in the courtroom. And, and almost everybody took the don't take a plea deal flyers that I was handing out to the audience yes. uh, in the beginning. Because well this, this is another thing I'll do in court. Like. I go every single week. Uh, we've got activists, by the way, covering every day of the week here in Keene doing Don't Take a Plea Deal outreach at the local courthouse. So I'm always out there handing out information to folks about not taking a plea deal and how that can help bring the system to its knees. Uh, so I'm doing that regularly. But, uh, you know, in this case, I don't regularly go to Manchester for anything. So I, uh, you know, this is a, a good opportunity to hit up the folks in Manchester District Court with the same flyer. And so I always have them with me in my uh, little activist backpack. I pulled out the uh, don't take a plea deal flyers and almost 100% of people took it. Probably like 90% of people that were waiting for court. And it was a bit, you know, pretty busy afternoon. Yeah. Uh, 90% of the people waiting for court took that flyer and they seemed to appreciate, uh, you know, having something to read and were very interested. Gives yeah. you something to read, if nothing else. That's, That's right. right. Sure. That's what I'll usually say to folks like, something to read while you wait, something to read about court, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, so, you know, who knows what sort of uh, minds were opened there because of 
being able to a observe us in the way that we behaved in the courtroom and uh, and and b get information about uh, not taking a plea deal. You so know, those were the good things that happened today. Yeah, and they're pretty limited. Um, you know what happened is is that uh, you know Ademo, who is a you know co-host on this show, he had a situation where. The he was uh, you know, this was a, a resisting arrest, which means that he the the cops said during his trial that he resisted arrest for all of five seconds, mm. which means that that's just the amount of time it thinks it takes to think about something. I don't consider five seconds to be resisting arrest. There should be a time frame for resisting arrest. Resisting arrest requires either a violence or b non cooperation for more than thirty seconds. Mm. You know, I mean that seems reasonable to me, but no, they they slapped this on top of him uh, a charge where he, uh, you know, they were out there protesting the cops, apparently uh, beating the crap out of a, a school student and a guy uh, coming out of a they business. They murdered somebody, too, I think, right. uh, you know, the cops. So this was police violence, a protest in front of the police station about right. police violence, where they chalked the sidewalks and chalked the, uh, the, 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 side, of the, building. the side of the building. They charged them $1,200 for this chalking incident, which, by the way, that makes, you know, okay. If you're going to charge for something, charge for that. But then they gave him for resisting arrest. Because water costs $1,200. Right. That's, yeah, that, that's, it's ridiculous, no doubt. But then they gave him two resisting arrest charges for, uh, you know, n- not cooperating for all of five seconds, apparently, with these uh, police officers. And then he uh, was supposed to be able to take this on to a jury trial. He had to have one of these right. kangaroo courts in front of this judge before he could go on a to bench a, trial. A, a, a jury trial. So, right. Um, like you're guaranteed by the Constitution. Yeah, the Constitution guarantees jury trials, and a lot of people think that that means something. Well, today, if you were in the courtroom, and we had video there, so you'll be able to see it later. Uh, if you were there today, and you will be able to see it later, you would you would see exactly how much that matters. Exactly how much having a so-called right to a jury trial affects anybody. It's ridiculous, and I'll explain more about what happened here in a few moments. 855-450-FREE, because our friend Ademo is in jail now for at least two months. Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want, toll free at 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Uh, you can, uh, by the way, follow us via Twitter, Facebook, or email over at news.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Make it easy, get signed up, and it's totally free, like everything is on our website. And it's thanks to great sponsors like uh, SACL CAI. SACL CAI is the sponsor of our phone lines here on the program. And uh, Jason Osborne, who's the guy behind SACL CAI, is a huge backer of the Liberty Movement. This is somebody that makes doing 
liberty-oriented radio um, much more possible. Yeah, right. And uh, it's thanks to Jason Osborne. He's uh, He and his wife were the stellar organizers of the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year, and I hear rumor that they are coming back to do it again next year, which I can't imagine why anyone would want to put themselves through that twice, but I hear they They said are. it was a two-year plan. Yep, that's good. I think that's fantastic because I think they did a great job. Anyway, you can learn more about SACL CAI through their banner, which is at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. But basically, they're uh, an account recovery uh, company. They will help you with collections, early out billing, and they'll even purchase charged-off receivables. And they can help you get your money from your customers and treat them with respect at the same time so you can keep your customers down the line. Go to SACL CAI via their banner at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. More coming up about uh, what happened with the demo today. It was absolutely shocking and outrageous. Uh, But first, we'll go to you and your thoughts. Nico is in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I wanted to ask, a, I guess, a basic liberty principle, um, and that is, you know, one of the basic, uh, I guess, libertarian or voluntarist principles, the, the principle of nonviolence, correct? Yeah, I would say, I would say generally. It depends on how you define violence. I mean, I don't think anybody can be without violence, but um, why, don't you, why don't you say a little more? Well, because my, my question is a lot of, um, the problem with a lot of libertarians is that uh, the government has a monopoly on violence. Um, and in a completely free market, how do you stop, let's say, if people set up a, a system, um, a protection agency or whatever, how do you stop in that free market from different entities trying to maintain a monopoly on violence after they get a certain amount of resources to be able to you know, do so if they so wish? Is your question, let me see if I can rephrase and uh, tell me if I got it right, is your question essentially what happens when a private protection agency in this sort of a free market future that we envision... Right, and uh, this, this is so far beyond uh, where we are today. I mean, we advocate more freedom, but yeah, well, sure, we can we can talk about uh, you know freedom land. Are you asking whether a private protection agency would be able to increase its purview over people to the point where they could essentially become a monopoly on violence yeah exactly i mean my thing is if if we achieve a state where we're completely free and there's no government or whatever how do you prevent people from obtaining that status again well it's called uh, open competition in the marketplace and uh, people knowing better this time around uh you know when a private protection agency is formed, they will have to get people by consent to become their customers. That's how they would build their business is by consent. And so they would have contracts with their customers. And at some point, if they decided they wanted to dishonor those contracts and no longer operate by consent, it would be pretty obvious to the people in that community uh, what this uh, company was doing. Not only would it be uh, obvious to the people in the community, but it would also be, uh, I think, uh, the suicide for the company to behave in that particular way because uh, there probably still would be competitors in the marketplace for this particular agency, and certainly individuals can defend themselves. And no one would be, I think, suffering from the delusion that the people that are uh, you know, operating Acme Protection Agency would somehow have the same authority, if you will, that the, the folks from government or the people calling themselves government uh, have. And I don't think that uh, people would be fooled. I don't think they would fall in line to be told what to do by a private protection agency like they are, uh, like they do when it comes to the government guys. 
Yeah, and also, um, you know, we, we're envisioning a future where where there are no monopolies, and it's not a problem with violence uh, as much as it's a problem with monopolies. I, you know, I don't I don't know how you define violence, and I'm you know you may define it differently than I do, but I'm against the initiation of force, not necessarily uh, using force in some way to protect yourself or your property or your family or something like that. So, um, you know, the, real, the problem really is uh, about monopolies. And I don't know too many people that clamor for fewer choices. Usually people, once they've been offered choices, prefer to have choices. So once they've been in, lived in a world where they have options, where uh, go- governments aren't necessarily tied to the ground, where governments are uh, agencies that provide protection to people, and they don't necessarily have to be in one place. It used to be that if you were one place, you had one telephone company. That's the only telephone company you had to choose from. Now you can have a cell phone. You can uh, choose from you know all kinds of different companies that can provide you you know landline service to where you are. You've got all kinds of different choices. You can get VoIP. And it's amazing. And we live in this world, and we seamlessly traveled from when I was a kid, there was one option. So you're 30 years later, and you know th- things are cha- changing faster all the time now with Moore's Law. 30 years later, I have innumerable choices on telephone service now in a given piece of land. And I don't think anybody, if I went around door-to-door and said, hey, can I, w- would you like to just go back to one telephone provider? Yeah. You know, I just can't imagine that people are going to be going for that. Now, maybe, maybe this whole system of choices doesn't work. We don't know. We haven't really had a chance to truly vet it and see what it would look like on a global scale. And it sounds like you're asking about a global situation. Well, nor would you be able to compete away all of the the telephone customers. There's such a variety of demands in the marketplace. One company is not going to be able to outcompete all of the others, right. especially monopolies, if it's an open marketplace where anybody can jump in and compete. Monopolies can only exist in, a, in an environment where the government I- exists. That's not necessarily true. There could be the theoretical perfect monopoly, the the company that offers the best product at the best price with the best services, and so they've just absolutely demolished the marketplace no, from competition. It's ridiculous. But it's a fantasy. Still somebody out there that offers that off, will offer that product, whatever it is, whether it's at a higher price or with you know worse right. service or whatever. Somebody's out there offering something. It's else. a ridiculous fantasy to believe that that would actually end up happening. But monopolies that, are only enforced by governments. No, but but if that I were to be true, go ahead. I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm not really worried about um, I guess monopolies on um, entities that provide services or goods to people. You know, I'm not worried about the, the Walmart or the great telephone company taking over. But what I'm thinking is in a, in a free society, you're going to have organizations who are going to make promises to people and say, we're going to protect you, we're going to provide you with infrastructure and things like that. And, sure. and people are going to take up, you know, them up on their offer. And I'm sure at some point in time these organizations can get big and eventually at some point, you know, long and down the road might realize that, you know, they're a bigger organization and maybe they want this monopoly and they will they will use violence and not, you know. Well, so would they be going to kill the other so, uh, private protection agencies? So now we've got GE as the biggest company in the world. Could GE be taken out by Walmart, Coca-Cola, and Siemens if they all got together? I mean, no, but I mean, they're not violent organizations. Yeah, I mean, it's paranoid. Uh, I get where you're coming from, Nico, and uh, thanks for the call I think the biggest biggest threat to freedom is generally from the outside. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized 
free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number here tonight, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there for you, including listening options. You can get tuned into our live streams, broadband, midband, narrowband versions of the show. And uh, they are free, of course. You can listen to whichever one fits your internet connection the best. Also, you can learn about over 100 great radio stations that air the show at various times throughout the week. Uh, There's a list of them there. The satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio and our free-to-air KU band channel. The webcam and the listen lines that light a call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get details and get tuned in. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Of course, one of the ways to get tuned in is those live streams and Well, one of the myriad of choices, an excellent choice in regards to how to tune into those live streams, is the C-Crane Company's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. I've got one here at the LRN.FM studio kitchen, and it is running uh, LRN.FM around the clock. You can program in your favorite channels from across the Internet. Over 18,000 streams are available to this unit that includes uh pandora opio live 365 and mp3 tunes uh you can get them all with the c-crane cc wi-fi internet radio anywhere you've got a wi-fi signal this thing is going to crank out the tunes or the talk radio or whatever it is you like to listen to yeah and it makes it a lot easier to listen to these stations and find these stations than trying to find them on some kind of computer or something like that. It's just uh, well, actually, you can uh, use it with your computer, and that makes it even easier to find things because you can basically set up a list of your favorite stations on the computer, mm-hmm. which is a lot uh, more user friendly uh, than using a, the flywheel on the front of the unit. It, it's faster. You can do it through the unit, uh, but it's actually faster to just set your account up online, plug in your favorite stations there, and then you can just access them through uh, through the unit. But the interface allows you to find types of stations that you wouldn't otherwise find. That's true. Uh, you can browse and search, uh, so it's it's pretty handy. And it's great quality product, too. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, the C-Crane company's been building radios for a long time, and they do it right. So get your C-Crane CC Wi-Fi internet radio and use uh, Dimension Free Talk Live when you check out, and you'll get a free LED flashlight. Go to ccrane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Actually, for a limited time, you'll get free shipping, too. Oh, wow. It's very, very limited. How limited? Uh, well, um, I believe it's Monday. So, That's a good deal. Yeah, it is. You're going to get free shipping and the free flashlight. If you mention Free Talk Live, I just spoke with Bob Crane uh, during the Edgington Post interview. You can find that over... Oh, excellent. Yeah, if you go to freetalklive.com, look down the uh, left-hand side of the page. The Edgington Post is there. You can uh, you know, hear that interview if you want to hear more about them, um, the, the products discussed here. So we were talking with uh, Nico about this question that pops up from time to time, and it is an important one to uh, to address. It's the paranoid Bill Gates takes over the uh, country scenario where some com- uh, some company that is offering protection services in this futuristic free market that we would like to see happen at some point, I think. Most of us on this program would like uh, a more free market. 
And so that means having more choice in different areas that we currently are forced to have monopolies in, like the government police. We would actually have uh, protection services that would be offered, and you'd be able to contract with them, and they would be under an agreement with you, and you would pay them based on your agreement this with This isn't them. anything really t- terribly outlandish. Police are a relatively new phenomenon. The first police departments, I think, were like 1850 in London. Most American city, most American municipalities didn't have police officers as, as late as, like, you know, the, the 50s. Um, and, you know, some of them don't have them now. So, you know, in many places, they'd have protection services offered by Pinkerton, you know, uh, you know other mm, agencies. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing. This isn't crazy or outlandish. No, but what it is, I think what is outlandish is the idea that a company would be successful on a voluntary basis, meaning they would grow their business based on mutually beneficial interactions, meaning customers voluntarily coming to them, asking about their service, contracting with their service, being happy about their service, continuing to pay for their service, or not being happy and changing to a different uh, company and paying them for their service, or not being happy with any of the options in the marketplace and actually having the freedom to start their own company and compete with the existing uh, companies. But the idea being that uh, one company would be so successful at building their business on a consensual basis that all of a sudden they would change how they do business and take over and, power is, is, uh, and become you know, really, evil. Power does motivate people. But what you've got to consider is that often people are kept in check by other people's power. By the, competition. The biggest, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> just look at the way the world is set up today really fosters large companies growing. If you don't think that the system benefits big companies and big financial companies, you really ask yourself, why didn't these big financial companies support Ron Paul? Ron Paul's all about the free market. If the free market fosters, uh, you know, fosters uh, evil corporations yeah. from getting in control, why didn't they support Ron Paul? Great because point. they all put their money behind Barack Obama and Mitt Romney. Right, because big companies don't want choice and they don't want options in the sure. marketplace. We know that during the Republican uh, you know, primary that it was anybody's game. It kept switching around and bebopping around. If enough money went behind the Ron Paul campaign, he would have won. So why didn't these companies support him? The answer is the free market doesn't help big businesses. It helps the little guy. So um, in, this, in this marketplace where we have you know, uh, countries helping big businesses, you've got some tremendous size, big, GE, um, but GE isn't even big enough to fight off, say, the next three biggest companies that are underneath it. The next electronic manufacturers or whatever. Right, or whatever. I mean, if GE was a, uh, was a security company mm-hmm. that offered security in you know, the, the situation where Nico's talking about, then the next three companies together would realize very quickly that they're going to be beaten out of the business by this uh, you know evil corporation that goes out of control trying to you know uh, subjugate people so they would you know rise up and and fight them i mean what do you have right, currently then you well security th- security organizations that we now call governments what do you have when they have disagreements you have wars Right. So uh, that's a, a fear that a lot of people have about the marketplace offering protection services. Well, what, if they're fighting with, what if they're fighting with one another? Well, right. And that's the more, most important part here is not only would the company be disin, uh, disincentivized to behave in this way by the fact that they are in the marketplace and they are subject to competition and why they would change from a good company that actually voluntarily got into agreements with their customers to an evil uh, an evil corporation that is lording power over people, I think is just ridiculous on his face. But even if you believe that that's a possibility, then you get into the economic realities of oppression, uh, oppressing people. Because 
okay, now you're going to start using force on your customers? Now you're going to start intimidating people? Well, you don't have voluntary consent of your customers at that point. You're intimidating them into giving money to you. And uh, that's it makes it more expensive because then you've actually got to start going around and, and actually threatening people, maybe you know hurting some people as well. But eventually somebody's going to kick back and they're going to shoot back. And they're going to decide they don't want to be oppressed by ACME uh, protection agencies. They uh, learned their lessons about government decades ago and, you know, whatever the, the changeover was to the didn't. free market. And they're not going to be oppressed by these people because they're not under any uh, illusions about who they are. They're just other human beings that are trying to oppress them. And so as soon as people start fighting back, the company starts taking severe losses. They start losing their employees. Uh, they then will have to pay their existing employees more. More money in order to get them to come out and start, you know, cracking heads or whatever, to, you know, intimidating things it is that they're doing to these people. And the more the conflict escalates, the more expensive it will become for this uh, this company. And the company doesn't have the ability, like the government, to to just print money. That's how the wars are funded. If we didn't have a fiat currency in this country, then it would be next to impossible for the government guys to be going to war all the time. Because they would actually have to raise the money through taxes to go to war, and that's a lot more of a difficult proposition because inflation allows them to just take as much as they want at any time they want to, whereas if you actually have to physically extract money from people, that becomes a much more costly and risky operation. So there's just so many reasons why this wouldn't happen, this idea of a you know, big Bill Gates takeover where he's just going to crush people's skulls and, and hurt people. What I'd be more, far more concerned with, and, and we don't know, by the way, whether a uh, you know, fully free market uh, you know, country or place could exist. We haven't seen that happen. But I'd be far more worried about some state existing on the outside of that geographic area deciding that, oh, well, there's, there's a free spot of land. We're going to go take that one and subjugate those people. That's what I'd be worried about. Well, that's why the people would presumably be armed and willing to defend their property and also would hire protection agencies to protect them from the outside looming threats. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You will find links there to Amazon's, different Amazons, Amazon UK, Amazon US, Canada. Click into the right Amazon for you, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. It's that simple. You can go and get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live at the same time by going to shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. I think there's one more point I think that's really important to make on this question, this fear-based question about... Uh, well, it's a reasonable question to ask these this sort of thing if you don't know the answer. 
I agree. But it is based in fear. And it's a, a fear-based question about, oh, well, you know, what if a, a protection agency in the more free market future becomes really powerful and they want to take over? And I think that there are all kinds of factors, as we've been discussing, that uh, would prevent that from happening in the first place. But even if, even if for some reason it were to occur, even if some evil Bill Gates were to all of a sudden turn around or become evil, uh, or maybe they were evil the whole time and they were just masquerading as though they were good and uh, interacting voluntarily with people. But if this big company uh, you know, gets big enough to where they can somehow take over a particular plot of land by pure threat of force and become a de facto government as a result of uh, doing that, I would still want to have a free market situation, even if there were, were that remote possibility that some company would come uh, and you know, somehow take over a, a plot of land because I'm willing to take the risk. I don't, I'm not worried about what's going to happen in the future with the free marketplace because I know that the market provides products and services to people on a voluntary basis and it does a darn good job of it. And the market would do a better job, hands down, than the government monopoly police system because monopolies suck at what they do. They're terrible. Everybody knows this. Everybody is aware of how awful governments are at doing things. Just go to the DMV. But a real uh, step in the right direction when it comes to police is getting rid of the war on drugs. Sure, because, absolutely. You know that's, that's that that'll take care of ninety percent of the abuse that goes on out there. Because at that point, you you don't need as many cops running around because most of the uh, most of the police hirings in the United States have been based on uh, government federal government grants since the Nixon war on drugs. True, and so. You know, when you get, a, get rid of this war on drugs, then you just have police enforcing laws that have to do with people using fraud or th- uh, theft or uh, violence to deal with each right. other. Then you don't have them invading people's privacy all the time. The no-knock raids, you know, that stuff goes away. People generally aren't going to have a problem with police violating somebody's civil rights who's killed somebody. So if some murderers hold up someplace hot with hostages or something, then you don't have anything to worry about. But when the cops are doing 40,000 drug raids in this country mm-hmm. every single year and they're getting bad addresses and they're coming in and they're shooting the family dog because they feel threatened. Uh, I mean, you know, then you've got a whole different scenario. You've got these guys dressed up like Darth Vader, like they're ready to invade Poland, and it's it's nuts. So, that is going to take the first biggest largest step in get, getting, you know, paring down the police state that we have in this country. I would certainly expand that to just victimless crimes in general, not just sure. not Absolutely. just in the drug war. Like chalking. Well, right, like chalking. Exactly. Well, chalking. I don't know that it's a victimless crime if you have it. Uh, if, like, if somebody come and ch- comes and chalks on the side of my house, I would not call right. that a victimless crime. But if it's public you property, have, you, you have a public property issue. Public property is always has the tragedy of the commons involved. I don't think the government should be able to own property. At that point, you don't have a problem if government can't own property and then claim that that property is for everybody, but only for the uses that we say it is for everybody or whatever it is when it comes down to their their stuff. So that's an entirely different issue. Secondarily, the United States' adventurism in foreign wars. If you don't have the United States running around, getting involved in uh, foreign countries' problems, having more than 1,000 military bases, depending on how you count it, but at least 750. Acme Private Defense certainly isn't going to be doing that stuff. Right. Uh, 750 military bases in 130 nations around the world creating terrorists, and then those terrorists want to harm you and me. They would understand that that those sorts of actions that these defense companies were talking about, these futuristic defense companies— 
which, by the way, already exist. If you look in Detroit, they already have private defense agencies that have sprung up in the absence of the Detroit police. And they have not yet gunned down any police officers no, in order they, to take they over haven't. their power or whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, these uh, defense agencies are not going to go and buy bombers and go and, uh, d- uh, you know, aggress against people around the world because they would understand that that's going to create more problems than it solves. Not only that, it's also incredibly prohibitively expensive uh, to do these things. And companies want to cut their costs so they can, uh, you know, make more money. But also at the same time, they have to balance cutting costs with serving their customers and making sure they do a good job. Whereas governments has no interest in cutting costs. They're just, let's just spend, spend, spend because we can tax, tax, tax and take as much as we want from as many people as we want to. These private companies would not have the ability to fund themselves in that way. They have to have the funding mechanism to be able to do the same things that government does. And not only that, they would also have – there would be another factor we haven't touched on that would prohibit them from getting away with the evil that they get away with. Remember, people wouldn't be fooled by them. They wouldn't have the same aura of legitimacy that uh, governments do because they wouldn't have a monopoly. They'd be open to competition, and you can damn well bet their competitors are going to be – Competitive. They're going to say, hey, you shouldn't buy this company's products because they did this and this and this or whatever. They're going to point out the faults in the other uh, company's products. And so that'll be a factor in you know, keeping competition healthy and keeping customers shuffling around uh, between these different, uh, different agencies. The idea that one of them is going to overtake all of the rest of them is just right. so it, unrealistic. It does show that they are in an entirely different uh, you know, realm as the rest of their competition. The rest of their competition is trying to provide protection, and then suddenly they move from the realm of protection to imprisonment of people, uh, enslaving people. Then they've taken a complete 180 in what they do. But, you know, you could have a situation where people buy a large enough piece of land and uh, say you've, you know, I mean, a lot of people find homeowners associations mm-hmm. to be very arduous. Homeowners associations are essentially voluntarist communities in a lot of ways. They exist um, in that you choose to move in there. You've got to live someplace. You choose to move in there. They've got all these rules. And then, you know, you find out, oh, you're not allowed to dig up uh, your front yard and put a flower bed in. Or you're not allowed to fly an American flag. Or, you know, you're not allowed to have those pink flamingos your mom sent you or whatever it is and it's like whoa this we go a bunch of nazis and you're kind you of signed stuck. the contract though yeah you know? indeed you did and, and that's that's part of it i'm glad you brought that up i i would like to see this in process and the homeowners associations that i've dealt with have turned into um neighborhood nazis neighborhood nazis absolutely and so if a company buys a large enough piece of land, uh, there's the situation with the Domino's guy. He bought uh, Ave Maria, which mm-hmm. was a, a town that essentially is going to be all Catholicized. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Looked it it's up still recently. there. But, um, you know, that's, he's trying to build a town and you can move in and make sure that you have no access to contraceptives. Um, you know, awesome. Right. So, I mean, you can you can see how it would be difficult for people to live in those areas, but you would still have a lot more competition in that now, currently, the United States government has gotten so homogenous that there's really not even competition among the states anymore. Mm. Let's go to you and your thoughts. I believe Shadow is with us in Huntsville, listening to WBHP. Hello, Shadow. Yeah, is there something in your studio? Because I'm hearing some kind of crazy sound. Nope, uh, it must be uh, your phone line or something going on at the network. Everything sounds clear as just, a bell. Just go uh, ahead with your, your thoughts. Okay, anyway, I just wanted to say briefly that uh, when I was back in my teenage years in Nashville, Tennessee, we had uh, private police, we had uh, fire department, and it was all paid for by 
you know, everybody in the community donations right into the central fund. Really? And one thing that made it enjoyable was that anybody could take a turn at being police or the fire department like that. I've done them both. <clears throat> in the fire department, I like that one best because, now I'll tell you what, you get out with that chief that we had right there. <laughs> when he drive, he'd be going right down the middle of a two-lane road, sirens and lights going, and hey, man, everybody just better get out of the way because he ain't going to stop for nothing, man. Now, are you saying that there was private policing in Nashville? Yeah, yeah, back in, back like I said, during my teens, it was. Are you talking about like a a volunteer police department or a private company? No, it wasn't a company. It was regular uh, people that lived right in the community right there. So So. it was like a community policing thing. Yeah. uh, And And there were still taxes that were paying for it, right? uh, Donations, like I said, went into a a fund, you know, like that uh, to take care of everything. That sounds pretty amazing. I would love to see some, uh, I guess, more historical evidence that that's actually true. I I, I find it hard to believe that. No, uh, it 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 happened. But what year was this? Was Mickey? What what year, Shadow? Shadow, what year was this? Well, that was back in the sixties. In the sixties. Interesting. If uh, thanks for the call tonight, I'd I'd love to know more about that. If that's actually true. I don't tend to believe a word Shadow says. 855-450-FREE. <laughs> That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think he calls in and makes up some whoppers to tell on the air. Okay. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you to go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring time into the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 hey, 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 who do you think you Excuse are? Excuse me. There is no video allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Coming this summer, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. See the trailer now at victimlesscrimespree.com. Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we're here, of course, to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind tonight. Here with you, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. 855-450-FREE. You can, of course, bring up anything you want. That is the point of this radio program. And, of course, we can tell you also about some neat little devices that uh, will help you protect yourself. Not just, like, protection as far as self-defense, like you have to punch or kick somebody. Not that necessarily. Although we've got those things, too, like the tiger light. But uh, in this case, it is the Freedom Cam. 
or what is also called the GPS black box dash cam. This thing is loaded with features, including video cameras that record both in front and in the cab. So you can get all of the stuff that's happening on the road in front of you and everything that's happening inside the cab, as well as whoever's standing at your window threatening you, men with badges and costumes and such. Uh, this thing will pick it up. It's got a built-in microphone as well as GPS uh, it built into it where you can actually recount later on what your path was. Uh, you can pull the, you know, pull the SD card out of this thing and pop it in your computer into the software they provide you and go back and look at your day. Or maybe look at your uh, the day of your teenager who maybe you want to keep tabs on them or something like that. Figure out where they've been uh, as they've been driving you know, mom and dad's car around or something like that. You could do that with Or your pack. spouse and their cheating hard. You could do that with the uh, GPS. GPS uh, black box dash cam. You can get yours over at freedomcam.net. It's really ha- handy for a variety of different things, but for me, the reason why I have one is to protect me from the police because when you're on the roads, that's the most likely time you're going to encounter the cops. And what better idea than to have a, a video device that is operating constantly, uh, basically as long as you know the key's in the accessory position, you will be able to record everything that's going on. And it's got a little battery feature, too, to where even if uh, the power dies to the unit, it will continue to record for something like 10 or 15 seconds after yeah. power drops out. So, like, if there's a car crash or something where, you know, for whatever reason, power is disconnected from this thing, uh, it will continue to record several seconds after that, that moment of, uh, of disconnection. So, really, just full of handy features. Freedomcam.net is where you can go to get yours. Let's go to Aaron listening in Springfield, Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Aaron with Ian Nemi and Mark. Um, I'm very sorry to hear about Adamo. Uh, is there a, a way I can maybe deposit some money into his commissary account? I at this time I'm not aware of how you would do that. I don't. I'm not intimately familiar with how the Manchester jail works regarding commissary accounts. So I wish I knew uh, how to answer that question for you. But I do know that normally right out the gate when somebody is admitted into a jail, they usually don't have their commissary account set up right right away. So I think probably the best thing to do would be to call the jail. Uh, it's called the Is Valley Street Jail. Does org have a support thing set up for a demo, and they're gonna you know got the, some the the, uh, the the chip in or whatever it was called that they made at copblock.org for a demo met its goal. Okay, and they are still raising money though. I'm the sure majority of the majority of the money will go to copblock.org as opposed to that's Ademo. where he wants it to go. Right. Uh, so a little bit of it will go to support a demo. He's already raised the money he wanted to raise to to have money in his commissary account. So that's kind of already taken care of. What you might want to consider doing, uh, Aaron, is contributing to MailToJail.com. If you go to MailToJail.com, it's a great way to be able to write to liberty-oriented people that are currently inside a jail cell. And the guy running Mail to Jail, uh, Jay, you know, he's doing all this himself. He's got to buy the envelopes and the paper and the printer, uh, the toner, and he's got to print the stuff out and stuff those envelopes and address them and, and go through that process. And that's a that's a costly process. He's got to stamp everything, and that right there is the bulk of the cost. So if you've got some money burning a hole in your pocket and you want to help out with, uh, you know, supporting people that are in jail, I think mail to jail is something you can definitely do right now. You can go there, and there are d- donation options there, including Bitcoin as well, by the way. Uh, but mail to jail is going to be the main link that Ademo has to the outside world. Uh, that's going to be the way that he gets the majority of uh, of the mail while he's in there. So it would definitely help to uh, to help them cover their costs, and that's tangentially will will help uh, Ademo. Okay, well, I appreciate the recommendation. Um, uh, I'll ask you to forgive my uh, naivete, but it would seem to me, based on what Ademo said in yesterday's broadcast, that if he had a competent public defender, he could have gotten this case thrown out. 
I couldn't tell you. I mean, it, I think that uh, I, I think that the judges around here have it in for free staters, and um, you know, I'm not going to claim for a second that I don't think that there's a uh, you know that they, that they don't feel like they have some kind of justification in that, but. Um, I wasn't here for that discussion because Adamo was here for the first half of the show and I was here for the second half. It's just the reasons that you already know about is that uh, Adamo you know, had a letter sent to the wrong they, – they, it looks like they intentionally sent it to the wrong location. But we're going to set that aside, send it to a location that is not an address anywhere. Nothing – no building is there. He's never lived in that building. He didn't the give them that exist. address. Right? He doesn't, you know, doesn't know anything. It's in a town he's never lived in. He didn't give them this address. They said they'd Who's call that? him. They didn't call him. So they sent a letter – they sent his notification to – to a place that doesn't exist, and they didn't call him like they said they would, and they didn't have an, uh, a court date prepared for him when he was at court. So he didn't have any idea. Court can be scheduled in a month. It can be scheduled in a year. You don't know. So what does this what does this mean for us, I guess, is, is my question. What does what mean for us? Do we now need to make phone calls daily to the court to see if paper is being processed? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's ridiculous what they've uh, what they've done here. Like, I mean, how do you defend yourself against this? I guess that would be it. You'd just have to call the court to make sure they haven't sent you some notice that you didn't know about. I suppose. Now, I guess they're going to say it's your obligation to be that, kept up to they date. They have some kind of court, uh, some kind of uh, case law that says that they don't have to send you notification of your court date. Is that right? I mean, it's it's absolute insanity. But that's what they had. Aaron, uh, does that answer your question? Was there anything else you wanted to share? Well, I, I feel bad for the guy. And he's facing it's 21 years. The demo is a great guy. He, this, oh, yeah. I was like absolutely disgusted by what I saw in the yeah. courtroom today. Well, yeah, this... well, I mean, I share your disgust. I've never met him. Um, his Now, he's going to be in jail when he uh, is scheduled to face his felony charges in Massachusetts. Are they going to try him in absentia, or how's that going to work? His, mass, no, the, his the... Uh, charges are not from Massachusetts. They are from uh, New Hampshire. And they oh, are felony. Uh, there are multiple felony wiretapping charges that carry a penalty of up to seven years each. And so, yeah, he's going to have to, unless he puts in a, a motion to continue his case, uh, which would be the only way that he could possibly get out of jail before going to court. He doesn't seem interested in doing that. And he doesn't seem interested in doing that. In that case, he will be taken straight from jail to court to go to jury selection and then go to trial. And, uh, and then could possibly be locked up for 21 years. Now, it's worth noting that the last time uh, we talked about a case where the folks in New Hampshire were charging somebody with wiretapping, that case ended up not going through, if I'm recalling correctly. The Michael Gannon case Correct. out of Nashua, uh, they, did, uh, they dropped that charge, did they not? I'll have to look it up. It's been a while. So they had charged a man with wiretapping for having a video surveillance system record his interaction at his home with the police as they attempted to intimidate him and threaten him. He then took the video tape uh, that he had recorded to the police department with the intention of showing it to the higher-ups. Because he was abused terribly. By the police, and it was all caught on camera. Right, by his security system. I mean, you know, nothing crazy there. And, uh, well, the thing that was unusual about his security system was that it had a microphone, because most security systems are just video, in which case just video would not have been illegal. But because he had recorded the audio of the inter- uh, the encounter, it became wiretapping. And they uh, they charged him with felonies. They, he went into the police department, brought them the tape of their uh, officers behaving badly, and thought he was, you know, thought he was doing the right thing. Thought he was holding these officers accountable, showing Correct. their bosses, hey, look, here's how your, uh, your subordinates are behaving. Maybe you want to change how they behave. Here's the evidence of how they treated me and my family. And then they arrested him for his efforts. And, and 
and then dropped, I believe, dropped those charges. So hopefully they're going to drop these wiretapping charges, you know, the day of the trial. But that's still a crappy situation for somebody because when when you are facing time in jail, you know, you do your best to prepare to go to court. I mean, Adamo's going to be now that he's in jail, he's got plenty of time to do it. But uh, he's going to be, you know, writing up questions for witnesses. He's going to be filing motions. He's going to be, you know, doing various different uh, things to try to win his case. And then they'll just undercut it all at the very last moment by just, you know, canceling the case, which obviously isn't, you know, a good thing to happen. But it sucks putting all that effort in and essentially being made to sweat out. Yeah, live, uh, live under that level of stress. Right. Yeah, this, the prosecutor isn't really under any, any significant level of stress. He's not going to jail. He sleeps every night. Yeah, no doubt. Aaron, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, once again, mailtojail.com. That's somewhere you can send money tonight to help a demo sort of through another uh, agency. And then eventually uh, we'll get you details on how to contribute to a, uh, another fund. Free talk line. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes. With C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. We give them away to you, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com takes you there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been very excited about the Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin is a new internet currency. It's money that you can send and receive online without having any fees uh, involved. No bank, no government agency is going to slip itself in between and say, hey, you can't do that, or you've got to pay us this, or we're going to shut down your account, or you know, whatever it is. I mean, so many times in dealing online, you have to deal with people that want to tell you how you're going to spend your money, with whom you're going to spend your money, and how much you've got to give them in order to spend your money with those people. Well, Bitcoin takes care of all that. It allows you to send and receive money without any fees to anyone in the world, and it's mathematically impossible for anybody to ever get involved. It's also mathematically impossible for anyone to ever inflate the Bitcoin currency or counterfeit it. It's instantaneous, and, you know, it, well, instantaneous might be pushing it uh, a little bit. It takes a little while, but it, relatively quickly, the, the money, um, you know, will be in your account. It gives you 100% complete control over your money. You can find out more by checking out WeUseCoins.org to watch a short video on Bitcoins. Get your Bitcoin software at uh, B- Bitcoin.org. So it's WeUseCoins.org, Bitcoin.org, and then if, when you want to get your Bitcoins, you go to BitInstant.com, and you can deposit cash in more than, you know, a whole bunch of locations around the United States. Thousands and thousands of locations across the United States. Walmarts, uh, 7-Elevens, CVSs, uh, yep. banks. What's going on with this credit card deal, this uh, Bitcoin debit card thing? Well, I haven't had a chance, Ian, for, I mean, thanks for springing that. I haven't had a chance to read through this thing um, yet. There's a Bitcoin debit card at bitcoin-debit.com and apparently you can load it online with bitcoins and then go out and spend i 
know nothing at this point other than what I've just said. I am excited. I would like to, to uh, see how well this works. Yeah, I, I want to know more, too, um, but I also want to check it out uh, before I'm comfortable talking to my This could be huge. About it. I mean, uh, is BitInstant involved in this? I don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, this is the thing with Bitcoin. There are so many different projects going on out there. It's, it's almost hard to get uh, a pulse on absolutely everything that's transpiring because you don't need to ask anyone's permission to go and create a, an app for Bitcoin. You don't have to ask any – there's no Bitcoin company that you have to you know, go to on bended knee and ask for you know, licensing permission to use their trademark or whatever. There is none of that. It's just – it's an open source project where if you want to start something, if you think there's a good idea out there that nobody else is doing – or you think you can do it better, you just go out and do it. You don't have to beg anybody for uh, for assistance. And, and if this actually works the way they're saying it's going to, imagine uh, – I know people who have bad credit and they don't want to have credit cards or maybe they don't – maybe they don't have bad credit. Maybe they just hate credit cards and That's they just true. don't like the financial system. Well – it's pretty handy to have a credit card, and most people You've got to have one pretty much, right? Most people who don't have them know how difficult life can be. It can be very difficult. They do have these prepaid cards at this point. I guess those are. A little this is what this is. This is a prepaid card, but you prepay with bitcoins instead of cash, right? And so I think that's great. Um, you know, I mean, you're if, if for instance dollars are falling against bitcoins at that time, your money's still in bitcoins, and then you know it gets transferred over at the rate. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to. I, I really have to find out more before we. This is a concept. I'm willing yeah. to talk to people as a concept. It does sound that it has a limited amount of liability because if you load it online, then it has however much money in it that you've put in it. So if you put ten or twenty bitcoins in there and then you go out and try it out and you can you know just load it by 10 or 15 or 20 bitcoins at a time you're not going to lose much um so you know that's it i think it's going to be worth a try but i need to find more yeah and obviously this company you know will need to be vetted i think i mean sure it will i'm, I'm on the website right now and it looks a little uh i don't know i'm, I'm a little skeptical of the the look of the site it looks like they need to hire is that comic sans web design <laughs> Oh you my mean god! The, it the is the font at the top. It I don't looks, think that's comic. It's, it's, it's looks not. Like it's it. not. But it's close. It's very it's close. Similar. Yeah, makes my eyes bleed. So not the not the prettiest uh, website in the world. It really and, bothers a lot of people in the uh, the, the graphic design world. Uh, that particular um, font. And what sort of security is there going to be around this? I mean, who, who, how do we trust the company that's operating this? I'm, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't look like BitInstant is behind it because BitInstant is way more professional, I think, than than what these guys. You know, the, the appearance that they present is way more professional. Yeah, than I don't know. I mean, Bitcoin maybe debit card. Maybe it's the greatest thing to hit. I don't. It looks like that they just rolled it out today. I'd rather roll out a website that uh, was, you know, that could be redesigned at some point in the future and get the product in people's hands than you know than wait for the website to get uh, you know uh, up and and running uh, two or three weeks later because somebody might beat you to the market. It sounds amazing uh, to me. It, it says here that the exchange rate is automatically calculated by Mastercard. Really? They're running this thing. Mastercard is somehow involved. It in, looks like a Mastercard. It's amazing. I mean, if this is real, if this works, if you know, it's not like some sort of scam to raid a bunch of bitcoins from people that are really excited by this idea. Then I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jazzed by it. They want two bit. They want to charge you two bitcoins to issue the card to you. It takes a few weeks, they say, to get the card. So once people actually get these cards in their hands, we'll know more about the legitimacy factor uh, of this. But what would prevent the company here from just raiding your account? I don't think anything would at this point. Because they would essentially be administering whatever Bitcoin account it is that this card would be connected to. So what assurances do you have 
that they're not just going to do Seize what, some, do what some other right. Bitcoin operations, some other fly-by-night Bitcoin operations have in the past and just just raid everybody's account one day. That's what you have to, you know, when it comes to these situations, you have to, you ha- I mean, Bitcoins are like internet cash, okay? Yep. Buyer beware. They're, they're, they're not like internet anything else. I mean, I can't really explain them. You know, they're not like internet government-controlled banks. So... Yeah, you know, this is the Wild West. This is the frontier of this particular currency when you're trying out something new out. But the cool thing about Bitcoins are you don't need a bank. You could have Bitcoins on your computer. Now, if you want to go and spend them on a credit card, yep, you're going to have to you're going to have to try this out. I mean, this is, you know, this is the first one. There's risk there is risk involved in being on the bleeding edge of uh, of a new movement like this. And I understand why some people are going to want to sit around and wait, but I also understand why some people want to get on board. I think Bitcoins are going to be the most important. I think they're the most important uh, technological advancement since the Internet. And I think that there's going to be a huge uh, you know, change in the world as a result of them. So, yeah, I'm, I think it's worth trying one of these things out, and I think I'm going to be looking into that tomorrow. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves here. one 855 Three, three. Okay, so one of the things that we wanted to get into, especially Nemi and I, since we are in the courtroom today for our friend Adamo from Coplock.org, was some detail on actually what transpired. We kind of went down uh, a few of the instances of positive things happening, like interactions with the rest of the public that was there. Those were pretty positive. Uh, there was actually, as I was walking into the court, the courthouse, walking uh, down the street, uh, there was a he looked like a sheriff. I think it was a sheriff. <clears throat> he might have been a statey. Anyway, there was a cop of some sort standing on the road or the sidewalk there talking to somebody. And as I was approaching him, he looks up at me and points. And I'm thinking, oh boy. Here we go. What's going down now? I mean, he, you know, you're pointing at somebody. It's just kind of a weird feeling. It's a cop. He's got a gun. Maybe he's going to do something. Well, I'll tell you what he said here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California is putting on the Challenge of Liberty seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's $195 for the class and $300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners right there because the chat room is built into the webcam uh, page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com, and that's free, just like everything else is on our site, cam.freetalklive.com. By the way, we are digging a little bit further into this Bitcoin debit card idea here during the break, bitcoin-debit.com. And not only does the site look look just kind of questionable but that doesn't matter that much to me if somebody threw up a site in order to get a product to market i don't have a problem with that and then they can roll out a better site later yeah i get what you're saying but 
you know, it appearances it, it matter. It feels shifty to me. That's all. I mean, it's uh, anyway. We clicked on the fees uh, section of this for this Bitcoin debit card. The idea being that you'll have this Mastercard logoed card that uh, you'd be able to swipe at any point of sale and then have money transferred out of Bitcoin. So the card would store Bitcoins, and then at the time of the purchase, those Bitcoins would be turned into cash, and then the cash would be transferred to the vendor. So the vendor wouldn't have to accept Bitcoins. Uh, The vendor would be accepting U.S. dollars in this case. So the idea is really cool. Of course, my question is, well, how do you trust these people aren't going to just raid the card? But that's more of a speculative question. Another important thing is, what's it cost to use this thing? And the fees are a little ridiculous, uh, in, my, in my opinion. And well, I, I don't think they're re- – I've listened to the fees as you read them out, and they're not ridiculous uh, when you look at a global scale. Credit cards around the world have fees like this. Here in the United States, we aren't used to fees for, the, uh, for these kind of things. Well, the, I guess I don't understand that. You're right. I'm not used to it. I'm used to the fees being included in the price of the product – and in the case of this card, they're charging a $3 point of sale fee. So it costs so, 3 bucks to buy whatever you buy. So you buy a pack of gum with this card, it's going to add $3 to, uh, to the cost. Apparently you don't buy gum with this card. No, generally you don't want to buy gum with a card anyway. I mean, most store owners don't appreciate it when you buy little things with credit cards because they're paying something like 3 to 5% uh, likely of the, the transaction cost. And it, eats, it eats into their profits, especially on smaller items. Uh, but the point being, it's just a flat $3 fee across the board at any point of sale just to use the card, a $3 fee. There's also a 4% fee to load the card as well. So whatever Bitcoins you put on the card, they're going to take 4% of those. And well, I'm really glad that they're offering this because we don't know, you know, I mean, because the first one's always, I mean, this is a prototype, right? Yeah, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I don't know how difficult it is to negotiate a deal like this with MasterCard. I mean, maybe they have cut the fees to the well, bone. Maybe they can't lower the fees any more than this. Now, I I remember there was a card that we t- they had, you know, that was we were interested in a couple of years ago that was a the gold The silver card or the gold card? It was a gold card, and it was really a card that uh, basically you kept gold someplace and then when you wanted to buy, it immediately transferred the gold into currency or whatever and then It was the same idea basically. It was the same idea. And it was loaded full of fees too, if you were Yes, and it was a turnoff to me. It, it, right, well, no doubt. But I mean, what that says to me, I remember talking to the owner of the business, mm-hmm. and they were they they were having a difficult time getting off the ground. And basically, his statement to me was, "Is look around the rest of the world." We know that I'm in here in the United States. I know it's unpalatable around the rest of the world. Somehow or another. Credit card companies get away with these fees, but in the United States, they don't. So in the United States markets, it's going to be very difficult for me to break into because, well, Americans are used to not having any fees in their cards at all. Many people don't carry cash anymore. They just have a card, and they literally will buy that pack of gum with it. I was just reading a... um an article the other day, I'm trying to remember where it was, that um, paper money is becoming completely obsolete. Mm-hmm. They may phase it out in favor of plastic. There's been talk about that for, for years. years. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I mean, people people like uh, like plastic, but I can see why... The, Not everybody. Essentially, you want the, the... The credit card companies want everybody to use credit cards sure. all the time because they get a, you know, a VIG on it. They get their fee. But companies, they want cash. Buyers, uh, customers, they want cash. Uh, you know, buyers and sellers want cash, and you know that's just what it comes down to. So anyway, eight five five four fifty free. Just figured to give you a little more information about that Bitcoin uh, card as we were digging further. But uh, back to the story about the police officers. I was right. approaching the courthouse 
today, he points at me as I'm walking down the sidewalk. He's standing there talking to somebody. All of a sudden looks up and points at me. And I'm getting closer to him. And he says to me that, I agree. He says, that's why I left the New York Police Department. He's pointing at my T-shirt, which said, no victim, no crime. Oh, wow. So this officer took time from his conversation to acknowledge the shirt that I was wearing and uh, essentially say that it was the victimless crimes is why he left working for the New York Police Department. So this cop rises up from his conversation, looks at you through his uh, dark sunglasses, points directly at your chest and says, I agree. Yeah. Wow. Did you pee or, or, or like, I agree with that. No, I thanked him. I thanked him for, nice, Mark. Uh, nice. for being so nice and, uh, and appreciative. Thank God there's nice. somebody here to laugh. Because he doesn't nice. laugh. He just doesn't. It's like, it's like doing a show with a dead fish. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we were in the uh, courtroom and had given out, I had given out uh, don't take a plea deal flyers to almost everybody in the courtroom uh, was uh, essentially commenting uh, towards the prosecutor and other bureaucrats in the courtroom about what they were doing to peaceful people on a regular basis as folks were sitting there waiting for the judge to come in. And uh, the video will cover everything from the beginning of the judge coming into after, you know, the, the trial, whatever, no, I guess it wasn't a trial, but the, the sentencing hearing. Essentially, the judge walks in, sits down, and remands uh, Ademo to the custody of the sheriffs. Ademo speaks up at this point and says, well, wait a minute, uh, don't, don't you want to even look at this? He had brought in uh, photo- photocopies of evidence. We'd gone to the Superior Court earlier where he was supposed to have a jury trial on these chalking uh, charges, and the Superior Court had sent a notice of his, jur- of his jury selection to a house, that an address that didn't exist on a street that didn't exist, uh, they and the, the evidence was there. It was in the case file. So he came in, made a photocopy of the evidence, and had it in his hand in court. And he's you know entreats the judge, hey, look, will you just take a look at this? I mean, here's the evidence that they screwed this up. The the notice that was in the envelope that was misaddressed, the notice was correctly addressed. Yeah. So the the paperwork that was in the envelope was was supposed to go to the right place, but the envelope was had a different address on it. Ademo never put in a, a different address with the court. He's never missed a court date. He points out to the judge he's never missed a court date. He, and that he's th- there today right. as well. Please, yeah. please, Your Honor, won't you won't won't you just dispense a little justice from up there? Just a little humanity. I mean, yeah, just it's a, crazy. A, a, a little bit of being reasonable. Insane. It's insane. So he asks him to just take a look at this, and the judge simply simply responds by saying, I don't have the authority to do anything in this uh, in this manner. Right. That's a right. judge, Well, the, I mean, he absolutely could have at any point said, well, I'm not going to throw you in jail for this. He absolutely could have. Yeah. Sentence commuted. Um, he you, could have done that, or he could have just said, look, we'll just put this off another uh, two months or whatever yeah. as you uh, figure this out with the Superior Anything court. could have been done. This guy had all the latitude in the world. Did he really? He That's my. I, he that is really my question. He because if, if tra- he, the reason that I heard was that uh, t- as a trial judge, he cannot overturn a fellow trial judge's... He can overturn the Superior Court judge. So when a demo, uh, when the the superior court told a demo, look, 
uh, we don't care about your objection because he objected. He wrote an uh, he wrote an objection and wrote a motion in both courts. Once he got this notice that oh you've missed the trial, so we're going to go ahead and remand your uh, case back to district court. For those that don't know, when you take a, a case to superior court, so like I did with standing in front of a police car, I went to the bench. Uh, I went to superior court with that, and had I not gone to the court trial or the hearing or whatever that had been scheduled, they would, what they call, remand it back to district court, the lower court. That district court sentence would then be imposed. And so he got the notice that it was being remanded. That went to the right address. The the notice they sent after they sent uh, one to the wrong address was sent to the correct address. So he found out that he had missed the court date uh, after everything was said and done. So he, he puts in a motion to say, hey, wait a minute, I didn't get any notice. In fact, Here's the proof that you guys screwed up and sent it to the wrong place. The judge denied his motion. So and this, they had case law that says that you don't have to know when your court date is for you to get a fair trial. They don't have to notify you. Yeah, they don't have to notify you. Right. In the United States, to get a fair trial, you don't have to be there and you don't have to know about it. 855-450-FREE. It's the best system in the world. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site for those of you with a smartphone. And if you'd like to access our streams, you can go to m.freetalklive.com. M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. You can get on all of our streams from there, as well as uh, download the software that you need to tune into them for free. M.freetalklive.com with you tonight. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And Nemi, you were out there in Manchester with me and uh, maybe a couple dozen other lo- liberty-loving folks who had taken the time out of their busy days to come out and uh, support a demo at his sentencing hearing, which was completely abs- just one of the most outrageous uh, courtroom experiences that I've and I've been to a lot of court courtroom uh, courtroom experiences in my time this was one of the worst uh, in that it really just goes to show that if you thought there was a right to a jury trial boy were you mistaken because all the court bureaucrats apparently have to do to avoid giving you a jury trial and actually having their nonsense charges, like in this case, arresting a man for using chalk yeah. uh, on a public piece of public property, have their nonsense charges come in front of a jury of 12 uh, of your so-called peers. All they have to do to prevent that is just send one court notice to uh, the wrong address. And it might have been on purpose. It um, might have been. Because Adamo had a – he says that everything he's gotten from these people, uh, this letter – the, the letter had the correct address on it. That's right. And everything else had had the, the windowed uh, envelope where – the, the you know the address would show through. Uh-huh. So in this circumstance, they actually put a label with a street that doesn't exist, um, um, with an address that doesn't exist, you know, with a number that doesn't exist on a street that doesn't exist. They had to put a label on a different envelope to stick this in it. 
And it's just really bizarre stuff. The letter itself had the right address, but the envelope in which they stuck it had the wrong one, but the right name. I mean, this is bizarre, a bizarre situation. And then when he comes before the court to get his jury trial for resisting arrest by waiting five seconds to respond to what the uh, police officer said. This is what he said last night. I'm not making this up. Yeah. Um, And... The, the judge has the, the, the excuse me the prosecutor has case law where in the United States you don't have to have been advised of a court date in order to have b- missed the court date. So it's your, your responsibility to right. know. You know, and, and he asked court. them. They said they didn't have a date for them. They'd call him and they'd send him a notification. They did send him a notification at an to address that didn't address. exist. Right. And well, they never I, called. I don't doubt that there's some court case that says what you're saying. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it at all. But two hundred. 30 years now, you can have a court case that says anything. There's 40,000 law, or excuse me, there's more laws in this country than you can read in four years. There's 40,000 new ones every year. It's insane. Of course they've got something that, to back it up. So a demo was, was remanded and um, the I, I don't know that if you can really... That means he was really, taken into custody. Yeah, he was taken into custody, and that is when the calling out from the gallery really started. But hold on. Before we get yeah. to that part, uh, there was one other important portion. This is a relatively short hearing, maybe five minutes in total. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was one other important part. So not only did the judge in this case, not only did he look at a demo and refuse to look at, consider, or care about the fact that Adamo had the evidence to prove that he was improperly noticed. We don't look at evidence in this courtroom. Well, he claimed that he couldn't do anything about it because he's a lower court judge. And the other part of his statement was... You can appeal it to the Supreme Court if you don't like it. That's right. Now, of course, right. you can go to prison now right. for two months, yep. and if you want to appeal to the Supreme Court, have fun, kid. Right. So, if you his basically what he was saying was, if you don't like this decision that the court made, I understand that you're saying they made a mistake. Well, if you don't like what the decision has been, you may uh, appeal their decision to the Supreme Court. And anybody but the Supreme that's Court ever done doesn't this. even deal with uh, injustices. They only deal when the court system doesn't work. If this judge did what he had to do, as he says he had to do it, then appealing the Supreme Court wouldn't work because the Supreme Court would say, yes, this judge did what he had to do. It's a pass the buck, uh, for sure, and I agree with you. I don't think it would work if he did appeal to the Supreme Court. I think they would come up with a reason to deny his case. But even if he does appeal to the Supreme Court... I think he should. He should, just because there's nothing else to do in jail. Sure. Uh, but uh, even if he does appeal to the Supreme Court, have you ever tried this before? Did you ever do it when you were in uh, prison, Mark, appeal no. to the Supreme Court? I've I was tried involved the appeal in uh, process. a couple of class action suits. I've tried the appeal process. It's very difficult to understand even how to file an appeal. Um, they want like eight copies in New Hampshire if you're going to send it. They to- have eight justices. Right, yeah. because they can't make their own copies, I guess, at mm-hmm. the Supreme Court. They're busy. And uh, so you have to send eight copies, and it's hard enough to get copies of anything in uh, jail. I mean, it's not like they just set a machine out there for you to go and uh, make, you know, make as many photocopies yeah. as you want to. So you've got to get the guards to agree to allow you to use a copying machine or, or send them out to go and copy something for you. And it's a real pain. So it would be probably a multi-day. Guards not- don't like uh, following orders from convicts, by the way. Right. Well, it would be a request. But uh, in this case, some guards just don't care. And so it may take him days 
to actually file this because first he'd have to figure out how to file it because you have to somehow get that information on the inside of jail which may or may not be readily available likely not and then once he figures out how to file it he'd have to take the time to write it up and then to make the copies and then to get the you know envelopes and the stamps you now the jail's supposed to give you uh access to legal mail for free but it's not always as easy as it sounds like uh, Derek J had some difficult uh, encounters with trying to get some stuff out through the mail mm-hmm. system. So it may be two weeks before he's able to actually send the appeal out. Sounds reasonable. And then once the Supreme Court actually receives the appeal, they then have to docket the case. This process alone can take a month. It can take an entire month for the Supreme Court to write you back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. He's, he's liable to be collecting Social Security by the time they make a decision. Well, that's a that's little an bit exact, hyper- It's an exaggeration, but he'll be definitely out. But yeah, the, right. Yes, by the he'll time, be out. Right. By the right. time they either blow him off or accept the case, because odds are they're going to blow him off, by the time they blow him off or accept the case, he'll be out of jail, and then what good is, uh, is appealing going to do? Also, to, if he has, uh, he, it may be that if he has any money in his account that they take that money for sealing the case because um, the Supreme Court wants money for, for you know, hearing your case. Is I that don't think they're going to take money from his commissary account for that. That doesn't they, seem You likely. have to sign something that says you're indigent, and... It, you know, Which he should got, do because he's in jail. Well, <laughs> I don't know what the definition of indigent is. If you've got money in a bank account, they may take it all. I don't think he does. He has and money. I don't think the, it, the, so, okay, I don't the think commissary the account is a bank account. I see what you're saying. So if they have, if they may very well take everything in his commissary account if he files this. So not only be does he get screwed happened. out of it uh, out of every deal, but they you know they take the, the stickers that he might be able to eat at night too. It would surprise me if that were to happen, but then again, I was surprised today. I thought for yeah. sure that they may put a hold for two hundred dollars on his account, so you'd have to send him the two hundred dollars before um, he gets his Snickers bars. Great, so they take a bunch of money and then they're going to deny. I'm just saying case. this yeah. is how it could go. But anyway, just, so yeah, so then finally, uh, the you know the, the the judge says, okay, well you can appeal if you don't like it. Meantime, you're remanded to the custody of the sheriff, and then the goons come in. And that's where you were. Going yeah, to and that's. Uh, you, I'm glad you you backed it up a little bit. And I I spoke up. I know I wasn't alone. I know you had been speaking up consistently through. I had been I'd been quiet. Um, but I, two months in a cage for chalk. Yeah. When you by sh- the way, in Florida, some guy got awarded what 170 thousand dollars or something like that for yeah. a chalking case. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and no consistency. You should be ashamed of yourselves. And I, I'm glad you yeah. said consistency too. I I don't know if you have more to to say about this particular frame of time. But we then exited the courtroom and went out. And there were several comments. Several. I uh, I think I booed the judge uh, when he uh, made that yeah. decision. I can't say these guys and, deserved it. Uh, yeah, mean, this is disgusting. Yeah, there were there were a lot of I I was surprised that the judge actually sat there and took it too. Like yeah. uh, I, I would expect Burke, uh, Judge Burke here in Keene would have uh, you know threatened somebody with. Contempt. I would hope Burke wouldn't have done this. People would have been arrested I mean, if this had happened. This in is Keene. despicable, and I can only assume that either this man is a, a disgusting shill, or somehow he's getting an incredible amount of pressure to do this. I mean, I don't know. This is it's it's stunning to me. It was horrifying. I mean, I've seen a lot of crap in courts, and this was just absolutely inhumane, horrifying, just disgusting, and and I'm sick. I don't. I really don't know how much longer I can pay property tax. I really don't. Now we had talked in when we so when sick. we were talking about this earlier. There were four police officers in the back of the courtroom. All of and, them left and, when we left. Right, but before that, when we were um, when we were speaking up, when people were speaking up, they came right down to the end of my 
the where my pew and sat right down. Oh, really? And yeah, and trying I, to intimidate you. Oh, yeah. So when I walked out, it, because people were saying as well, uh, you know, just generally to the judge, to the the court staff, you should be ashamed of yourselves. And yep. I walked past him, and he looked at me, and I said, "You should be ashamed of yourself too." Was it the bald, taller cop? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the guy that threatened me earlier for uh, for speaking in right. the courtroom when right. the judge wasn't there. He was basically telling me, oh, you've got to be quiet. It's a courtroom. I said, no, I don't. The judge is not, the man is not here at this point, and so I've never seen anyone. I thought he was the court. Wait, could somebody tell me where the court is? Because <laughs> they tell me to address the court. I thought it was the guy in the black muumuu. Now you're telling me this is the, what is this? The ultimate hypocrisy is chalking outside resulted in no one else being arrested. Police That's true. just and walked some, right over it. Somebody did chalk actually on the wall outside. It's free talk live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Uh, so those of you just tuning in, I want to recap one of the overarching discussions we've been having tonight, which is about our friend Adamo Freeman, who is uh, one of the founding members of copblock.org. He has now been sentenced into, uh, to a two-month sentence uh, in the Manchester jail, which is not the nicest jail in New Hampshire. Uh, it's not a good, uh, nice uh, place to stay. And he was sentenced to this originally when he went to court for this chalking trial and uh, other people have been found not guilty of chalking uh or rather they've been uh, after the fact you know there've been a, like civil suits and people have been awarded money for uh, chalking not arrests. being yeah a, a arrestable offense right because it's not real graffiti because it washes off and uh, you know things aren't quite uh, the same everywhere there's no consistency between courts they're all completely arbitrary in fact even in the same courthouse there's no consistency so if you look at the fact that one guy made $170,000 off of uh, a chalking arrest or excuse me i guess he didn't make that money his lawyers got most of it but uh, one guy got a $170,000 uh, judgment in a chalking case and a demo is going to jail for 2 months that should show you that there's no consistency but you could say well maybe the you know one the, the guy wasn't doing it in the same way Adamo was or there's different different or factors. Adamo was actually arrested for resisting. 
Right. Perhaps. So so you might be able to to weasel your way out of that, but you wouldn't be able to to weasel your way out of this example. There's the trespass of 12 arrests that happened back in 2010. I was involved in the, those arrests. I was one of the 12 uh, that was arrested. Mark, uh, one of your friends uh, and a friend of, of mine as well, from we're all originally from the same place in Florida, uh, was was arrested in this. Uh, your security uh, advisor, mm-hmm. and he was the only one of the twelve that was found not guilty because he didn't get uh, his his trial wasn't in Keene, by the way. That's not that's not true. His trial was in Keene. No, his trial was not uh, in front of the same judge as the okay, rest. So of us. there was a judge from Jaffrey that came to Keene. Is that that's right? Correct. A okay. fill-in judge had came uh, come in for the day that your friend uh, was on trial, and so all of the rest of the trespass of twelve. And it ended up only really being like nine cases that went to uh, went to trial. But all of the nine cases, everybody got convicted of trespassing. We were all in the same place. The circumstances were identical. We were there at the same time, arrested at the same time. I mean, there were identical circumstances. It's crazy. But a different judge sitting in the same chair in the same courthouse being presented with the same evidence... The same witnesses, everything was the same, found him not guilty, and the rest of us were found guilty by – we were found guilty by Judge A, Judge Burke, the judge and then Judge B, the, the, you know, the fill-in guy – he found that uh, this other this other gentleman not guilty. So no consistency whatsoever, even with the exact same circumstances in a case. Now, didn't that happen also in this particular talking case? Because there were other people who were charged – but one person was found not guilty. I can't remember who. It might have been Garrett. Uh, was it? Was it Garrett? I don't. I don't recall either. But that was. It was difficult to compare uh, apples to apples in that case too, because each each individual was arrested at different times in this case. Whereas with the trespass of twelve, all twelve were arrested at the same, same instant uh, with the same swarm of police officers that that uh, that came upon us. Whereas with the chalking eight, there were a couple people arrested right up front. Then there were a couple more people arrested, and then Kate was arrested later. And then so there was kind of a long period of time in comparison. So. Just in case you thought there was some sort of consistency in this this court system, there's not. There's no consistency whatsoever. And any uh, any you know idea that there is some sort of consistency or rule of law or anything that you can predict about it is absolutely ridiculous. You have if you believe that this court system is predictable in any way, shape, or form, then uh, you just don't have enough experience with it. If anything, the only thing you can predict out of this is that they will be tyrants and that they will be as just as awful as they can possibly be. More yeah, so, you certainly than look you, for the worst and hope for the best. Right, more show, more they will be more awful than you are expecting in some cases. But that's really about all you can predict about it because they just do whatever it is they want to do, and they can uh, disregard any of their rules any old time they want to. So our friend Adamo is now in jail for 60 days, and there's no hope of getting him out. Which is one of the things I wanted to focus on here was a general question of what do you do about this? What do you do when? travesties of justice are happening around you because please don't just listen to this thinking oh you guys are always talking about new hampshire this stuff happens where you live too you just don't have access probably worse this would absolutely probably worse if you stood up where you are where you live well no not not just if you stood up but this kind of shenanigans of sending uh, court documents to the wrong address and then you know basically punishing the victim uh punishing the person because the court sent the documents to the wrong address you know that stuff happens to other people they just don't have a cop block 
blog.org blog to talk about it. They just don't have an activist network behind them to back them up. They don't have Free Talk Live to go on and discuss these things. Right. I mean, the average Joe that's going to court on whatever nonsense charge he's been hit with, they, you know they pull this crap in other places. They pulled times- it on me. You've been in court twice, and you've called me and said they just called your name in court. Right. The last two times I happened to randomly be in Keene District Court, I hear Nemi's name called, <laughs> and I'm like, where is she? She's not here. I didn't know, I didn't know you were supposed to be there. Right. I wasn't there for you. I was That's there right. for another person who was there. I was there to record somebody else's hearing, and I hear them call your name, and I'm trying to call you, let yeah. you know. And Yep. So and you've saved me twice now. Yeah. You've saved me twice. So I have two trials coming up. Did they not send you a notice? or I did not receive the notice. And they said, well, it didn't get returned to us. No, I've, I've had problems with Keene Keen Post Office over the years. I, I just moved from a place where I'd lived for the better part of 15 years. Mm. And now I'm um, in the process of moving. So there's the whole aspect of forwarding mail yeah. and changing addresses with everyone and making sure everything is. You know, I haven't done this in a long time. But yeah, the two times that I have supposed to, I was supposed to be in court, I had not gotten my notices. Now, right. who's, whose fault is it? I, I don't know. It could have been mine. I don't have a clear-cut case like a demo does. Well, normally what they'll tell you in court is that it's your responsibility. They'll ask you in an arraignment, what's your address? Is this your address? Yeah. Is your current address? So the first time you are physically in court for to be arraigned, they will check your address with you. This has been my experience mm-hmm. over years of attending court trials. They'll check the address with you, and then they'll tell you. We're going to, you know, basically, you have to let us know if your address changes. We are going neither to of my arraignments was I asked if my my address was current, but at that point, it still was my former address. Mm. I've only been in my new place for what a month. Well, there's no consistency here, but that's been my observation. Right. Is usually they'll check your address with you at the very beginning, and they'll tell you it's your responsibility to update us if you move or if yeah. you change addresses. But they're obviously not going to know about that, so that makes sense. If you move and you would like to continue be you know, being receiving these notices, right. you should uh, inform the court. But Even though Davos the case, post office is supposed to, if you if I file a change of address, the post office is supposed to follow you with your mail, but whatever. Right. But mistakes were made, Ian. Yeah. So they do this to people, not just the courts, but bureaucrats all over the place. Look at how many people have had a situation where they've been pulled over. Oh, guess what? Your license is expired. What? suspended wait or it's suspended your license has been suspended what do you mean it's been suspended nobody ever sent me any notice how many people have been through that situation ha, ha, ha. i was arrested for that they shouldn't be able to arrest you unless you're talking about at the very least a misdemeanor for a violation level offense they should not be able to issue an arrest that's crazy the police officer at the very most should be able to say hey you know there's a tag on your license here that says that you haven't you know such and such such and such happened but to take a person who missed a court date on a speeding ticket or something like that yeah. or you know whatever it might be suspend their license and you know get them then grab them for driving on a suspended license this is insane and haul them off to jail yeah but it happens all the yeah. time and I was arrested a block from my old house, right. and I was told that I would have to have my car towed from where it was parked. Actually, they you're supposed noticed. to be able to call somebody to take it, uh, but they well, don't want to offer you because, that. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's obviously an unsafe vehicle. It doesn't have a piece of paper in it. Right, and you can't drive it a block. I never right. got the notice either when uh, So they, they sent two people mine. to rip the plates off my car, right on my own property. When they suspended my license, they never gave me a notice. Yeah, they sent it to no. the old address that I had on uh, on an old license that they had in their system after I had sent them my new address and told them, send me all correspondence to this new address. Yeah. 
They uh, the terrible. only reason I found out without getting arrested or pulled over was because a cop in town happened to be nice enough to tell me when he saw me on foot yep. to say, "Hey, your license has been suspended." More coming up. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Toll free number for you to take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live is as follows 855 450 free. That's 1 855 450 3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Excuse me. You all right, everybody? I am fine. Uh, the mobile site is available for you the webcam, the archives, the Shrine of Female listeners, all there. You can enjoy it all for free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to, uh, they, they basically want to charge you for their sites. Five, six, seven, eight bucks a month. We don't do that stuff. We give it away at freetalklive.com. Now, of course, if you would like to support the show, you may do so by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, which is only three bucks per month. And we'll take that $3 in, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcasts, uh, the AMP-only uh, forum. Go to get the details. Get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or use some alternative methods Go to amp.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about courtroom inconsistencies, courtroom outrages. Today was a particularly outrageous day as a friend of mine uh, and a friend of ours here on the program, Damo Freeman from copblock.org, was placed in jail on a two-month sentence because of a paperwork snafu. And the court, That's what it comes down to. And the court just didn't care. Ademo had all of the evidence was necessary to prove that he was absolutely correct, that the court had screwed him uh, on this paperwork thing where they sent something to an address that didn't even exist. Ademo had never put a change of address in. He's never missed a trial date, so he never would have missed this trial date had he known what the trial date was. But he didn't know because he never got the notice of the trial date. And I really wonder, having dealt with the court systems far more in the last six years or so than I ever did previously, and I know these words have come out of my mouth, that we've got the best judicial system in the world. And I wonder whether or not those statements, A, I mean, if this is a true statement, it's a horrifying statement about justice around the world. Yeah. But there are a lot of nations. I mean, really, all of Western Europe, you know, none of those nations have better judicial systems than ours. Okay. I don't know. Possibility exists. Okay, I'm with you. But I really wonder whether the people that make those statements have either A, are some kind of paid sycophant, you know, they work for the system. You know, there's some kind of law, trial attorney. They want yeah. you to make you feel good about these kind of things. They work for the government, uh, you know, that, that propagates this system. Or B, they really have no idea what they're talking about. They, they, haven't, they haven't dealt with this court system. And if they have, they certainly haven't dealt with others. So I just wonder, you know, is this a true statement? Because I already know that the, uh, you know, the, the civil rule where, you know, the loser pays is instituted in most countries in the Western world and isn't in the United States. And we have the most litigious, civilly litigious society in the world. Hmm. I wonder why. Because the loser doesn't have to pay. 
Did you notice, uh, Nemi, by the way, in the courtroom today that the attorneys were really like, they're really on their ball. Like the attorneys were just kind of jumping up and. Uh, yep, they and sure were. Basically, they were calling uh, names, which was different. Uh, I'd never seen this happen before. Maybe they do it in Manchester uh, and they don't do it in, in Keene. But right. I know that I was in Keene, I was in Keene District Court this morning, bright and early, uh, as an, another activist was being arraigned on some charges. And the courtroom was packed full of people, but they didn't do a roll call. They did actually like a roll call at this Manchester District Court today where they they read off the names of the people that were on the docket and people were here, you know, just like you were in an elementary school class or something like that. They're calling off the status too, like they're looking for a continuance or whatever. That's what the lawyers were doing. If the person didn't have a lawyer, they would just say that they were here. Right. Uh, But the lawyers were like jumping up. They were very energetic and they were just, you know, oh, I'm here for my client. And, you know, they really seemed to be putting on quite a show. Yeah. That was my impression of, yep. of them today. They sure were. Yeah. Like to make you want, ooh, yeah, a lawyer. Got to get a lawyer. Well, I don't know how helpful these uh, these attorneys are in general, but uh, I know that this court system is outrageous. And what I want to know from you is what can we do about it? What can you do about this just systemic corruption that this judge today says, oh, well, I, I don't have the authority to do anything about this. Uh, a demo, so you're just going to have to go to jail. You've been remanded to uh, to custody, even though, as Mark, you pointed out, he clearly could have just suspended the sentence. He could have uh, turned him loose for for some extra time. Could have gotten some kind of continuance or yeah. something, right? He could have done all kinds or of filed things. an injunction or something. I'm not sure how any of that would work, but I do know that the the other option that he has is the redress of grievances committee in Concord. A demo has that option, yeah. but that's an option that takes months and months and months. Right. And so again, he's going to be out of jail before that. He's ends going up to jail. For, he's in jail he's for two in months. Jail. Yeah. But that's that's the thing. Even if he does go through the redress panel, I don't think the judge has broken any rules. I mean, the judge is probably telling the truth in that he can't override what the higher right. court judge has decided. And the higher court judge decided to deny Damo's motion that showed that clearly the court was in the er- in the error of you know sending the uh, notice to the wrong address. Uh, but he denied that, and so this lower court judge can't, by their own system, overturn the decision of the higher court judge. So that right. much is true. So even though what he did was wrong, and he could have made it right by being a human being yeah. and uh, and he doing something nice, he could have made it moral. Nice, but uh, it's you know it's probably legal, right? But you're right. So by the system and by the rules, he's he's probably telling the truth. And so therefore, going to the grievance panel would just be more of a general statement against the the court system. Justice was not done. No, and, and I think that. Uh, it's many people that can be tapped to draw attention to this. It's much like the Peterborough clerk who about EBT cards that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Where she here. refused to sell cigarettes, right? Cigarettes. He, you know, bring brings attention to it, and if enough people are affected by it, like I've been affected by it, um, they, you know. It, the more limelight, the better, I think. Well, and I would love to see them abolish the entire court system in New Hampshire. I think that would be a nice thing. I don't uh, think to, a demo is going to be able to pull that off. No, that seems uh, no. But I'm talking about the grievance panel. Right. Like there was talk about the grievance panel uh, or the the legislature possibly being able to just abolish the entire courts and sort of rebuild them from scratch, uh, so to speak. Yeah, and really, that's I, the only way. I'd that like this to is send gonna... a warning to these judges because at this point, none of them are sitting out there feeling warned. 
No. And nothing's going to happen to this judge in this case because, again, he didn't break the rules. He didn't do anything against his judicial canon or whatever. And so that's why I'm saying, what can you really do about this? You can take the whole court system and talk about it at this, you know, the grievance panel, I guess. And then maybe they'll come back with some sort of recommendation. By the way, only uh, the New Hampshire state government has a grievance panel. There are no other grievance panels anywhere else that I'm aware of uh, in, you know, that are staffed by state representatives and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, if they were staffed by state representatives in other states, it wouldn't matter to me. Anyway. Ultimately, there are no shortage of victims of these courts. I mean, you want to talk about plenty of people that would support getting rid of the court system as we know it. There are you know, no shortage of amount of folks out there that have been screwed hard by right. these courts. So it would be a relatively popular thing to do. But then again, there's all the so-called law-abiding folks that uh, like to pretend that they don't break any laws. When, of course, we all know that everybody does. Uh, but these folks would not want to see the, the court system change because they are still living under this illusion that the court system is actually providing them with some sort of safety from uh, real vicious criminals. And every now and then, one or two of them does walk through those well, courtrooms. And you've got to consider how many people work for these local governments and are you know attached in some way or another to the you know oh, the they're going to fight tooth and, and nail the good old boy system. You know the the cops, the prosecutors, the uh, the, the the clerks in the court. Right. All those people have families and. Remember, when you're talking about local elections, you're talking about a 10 or 15 percent turnout rate generally. So when yeah. those, you know, when all those city bureaucrats turn out, they're more than half of that they're number. They're voting for their system every single time. And the system, the people inside the system will uh, will fight to the bitter end to keep things the status quo. So what should be done about this? 855-450-FREE. I mean, I have a general answer, but I don't know what specifically should be done. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website as well over at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. They go all the way back to late 2006. Click and download as many episodes as you would like at freetalklive.com and visit our SoundCloud page to make it easy to share your favorite episodes of Free Talk Live or the Edgington Post, for instance, with your friends. You can uh, go to the SoundCloud link over the left-hand side of freetalklive.com. Look under Listen and Share for our SoundCloud link and then go there and share whatever episodes you want to on Facebook, Twitter, or whichever of your favorite social networking websites sites you like to use. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com for a whole bunch of archives. So I'd asked the question before, and we're going to go to your phone calls here. You're welcome to answer the question or bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. But I asked the question, what do you do about this corrupt court system that we have? And don't just think, oh, it sounds really bad in New Hampshire. It must be really bad there. I'll just stay right where I am. No, no. Your court system's corrupt too. You just maybe have the good fortune of not having spent much time in it. 
And I was uh, talking with the demo today before he went into jail about just how much time we've spent in courtrooms because this is one of the the activisms you know most most consistent forms of activism that I do is I'll go to court to support somebody who's who's a liberty loving activist and you know be there for them and and bring a video camera in and, and tape the uh, the occurrence if that's something they want done and I've probably spent months of my life in in uh, in court at this point I mean at least I would guess from the six years that I've been doing this going to court on a regular basis to uh, spend time and support folks I imagine I've been there at least for a month straight of you know twenty four hour days I feel like I've been in a lot of a lot of court hearings. Seems like you have. So I've seen a lot of this nonsense up close and uh, and personal, and it's terrible what they're doing to people. It's not just that they're hurting liberty activists. They're hurting everybody. Anybody that walks through those doors is being victimized by the court for the most part. There are the occasional real criminals that go through there, but it's very rare when that actually happens. The, most of those court arraignments are packed full of people that have never hurt another person in their lives. In fact, I made some statement about that today while we were waiting for That's the judge right. to come in about uh, how I bet everybody sitting in this room has never hurt another person and i think that's uh, that's generally a, a safe statement to make they're just aggressing against people and there no there's no accountability for it there's no way to hold these judges to any uh level of standards if you complain to the judicial complaint committee or whatever they're called in your state that's just a, another panel of judges in most places that will uh, back up their buddies so it's not like they ever do anything to their friends i mean they play golf with these guys and so there's no it's way ludicrous to, to think that they don't yeah right so so what do you really ultimately do about this? What can really be done? Well, you can work within the system. That's great. That's really working fast also, and effective. These judges on these review panels, they know that at some point or another, they're going to do whatever it is that you might be complaining about this judge doing. So why would they want to, you know, set a precedent of, you know, making it making themselves vulnerable to right. this? Well, we've got video of a demo uh, who's again the guy that just went uh, to jail today. Last year, he was arrested by Judge Burke and Keene after walking up the stairs with a video camera and asking Burke three questions on his way into work. He was very respectful. He called him sir, and he asked him some questions about arresting a man with a hat on in court. And that's all that it was. But Burke said he was threatened and ordered his goons to arrest him. He was held in jail for two days. The charges were dropped. The felony charges were dropped, and that was the last of it. That was the last anybody ever heard of it. Because the cops illegally searched through his camera that he had in his property, by the way. Uh, I don't know if that was. That's what he told me. I don't know if it was an illegal search, but they. You think they could just go through your camera? Um, Yeah, it's on your. It's on your person. They can go through anything that you have. That's the case. Oh, I've hmm. never heard of that before, Mark. That's, right. that's news to me. Why wouldn't they be able to go through anything that is on your person when they arrest you? I don't think so. They have to inventory it, and they have, and it's evidence. All right. Well, let's talk to Adamo about it because that's, I believe, well, we how can't. he told me He's the story. He's in jail right now. Uh, he may be able to reach a phone at some point and call into the, the studio lines here at uh, the LRN.FM studios, but odds are good he's on lockdown at the moment because when you usually get him put in jail, they usually hold you in uh solitary got to make sure he doesn't have tuberculosis right can determine various different things about you but like you know i'm open to ideas what do you think should be done obviously there's the old tactic of uh doing a candlelight vigil outside the judge's house uh there's that one there was another guy that's got a laser uh, that he wants to do a laser light show outside of the, uh, the the guy's house like you could use a laser to write a message on someone's garage door or something like that 
so, you know, there's some creative uh, sort of protesty style ideas. But what's ultimately going to change how this plays out? These judges don't care if you hate them. They They're don't. hated by all kinds of people. They're you guys to- have done vigils outside judges' houses in the past. Yeah. And so, I mean, suing them, they're pretty much immune from being sued. Right. Well, they they have free legal advice. They've gone through law school. Right. You're, you're fighting on their battleground. Yeah. And the state will hire an attorney to defend them. Right. So, so they don't have to pay for it. What do you do? 855-450-FREE. And whatever's on your mind goes to. Bruce is listening in South Carolina. Bruce, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? All right, real quick story. I had a friend of mine, let's call her Kay. About a year or two ago, she was working in a strip club as a server or waitress. Apparently, the police had been scanning the place for a while because one day when she was working, they came in and busted the place and arrested a good number of people. She was one of the people arrested. She didn't understand why she was being arrested. And when going through processing, she kept asking everyone what she was in there for. And everybody replied was the same. You know what you're in here for. With a very, you know, disrespectful attitude in some sense. She finally, when they finally put her in and everything, she finally figured out she was put in there because they thought that she was passing drugs along within the nightclub. Now, I know this girl for a thousand years, it feels like. She gets gets drunk off a single bottle of beer, so naturally she doesn't do drugs or anything of that nature. She finally got out and everything and hired a lawyer. The lawyer is actually trying to convince her to take a plea deal in the situation. Yes. Fire him. Her trial... (laughs) Her trial and everything is still pending. Keep in mind, her backstory is she's a psychiatrist, psychologist student. She's in undergrad school. She's trying to get an internship, and now she can't get hired anywhere, more than likely because of this being on her record. Yeah. Sounds wow. Right. Yeah. Fire That's the lawyer. Fire him now. Yeah. She's actually trying to sue the state and the lawyer. Wow. Well, That's what she's trying to do. I, I sincerely hope and she has some luck here because it's, you know, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, what kind of evidence do they have against her? No, that's the thing about it. There is no evidence because she had nothing on her at any time. But it's the fact that, well, you know, their word against hers. Yeah, we think you were doing bad things in this club, that bad things were going on. <clears throat> we could prove bad things were happening. So, And you were in there, so there you go. You're bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is literally the case of wrong place, wrong time. Yep. But there's nothing she could do about it. And what are the charges? Well, go ahead. What Do you know what the charges are? Uh, the charges are, um, oh, I forget. It is basically like drug distribution. I believe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I saw her, oh, I actually saw her mugshot online, and I didn't want to show her to her, but I saw a mugshot, and I believe right underneath it, it did say drug distribution. I wonder if it's uh, like a conspiracy charge, or, I mean, if they think they've got actual evidence against her. Because, again, if they if they, they don't need go- evidence, not more than, uh, fewer than 1% of cases True. of arrest uh, actually end up at trial. They don't people need take evidence. The plea deal. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, they can just yeah, bluff their way into conviction after conviction because people are too afraid of what might happen otherwise. Well, she's not trying to take a plea deal. She's trying to fight the whole thing Good all the way through because she is completely innocent and she yeah. knows she's innocent. The best thing about all this in the end is the fact that she was such a law-abiding individual. But after her experience going through this rigmarole of the system, she is now more liberty-minded. No, and that'll happen. Yeah, you, once people run up on the system and see just how mm-hmm. messed up it is, likely the prosecutor hasn't even looked at her case. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. take yeah. the, the prosecutor. He or she doesn't have to pay any attention to what's going on until you know maybe a couple of weeks before the trial. It's like cramming for an exam. Everybody, please. This person has no belief at all that this girl is going to go to trial oh she's a tough negotiator well you know i've dealt with tough negotiators before you just let them sweat it out so the the prosecutor probably has no idea that there's no evidence against her 
She, mm-hmm. Any well, chance she's called this person? Yeah, I mean, they talk face to face. She hired this person, in fact. This no, is no, the prosecutor. She hired. The prosecutor, yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, no, I don't think I don't know. If she's actually talking. To I'd her. call I'd him. Get, I'd say, "Hey, look, what do you have? What evidence do you have against me?" File for discovery. If she's uh, lawyered up, he's not allowed to talk to her without her attorney present. That's true. Right. Fire the lawyer and file immediately for discovery is what I would do, and see what evidence they have against you. And thank you, uh, Bruce. Let us know what happens to your friend if you don't mind. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You file a motion for discovery, and immediately that prosecutor is going to know he's dealing with somebody who's not his average opponent. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in right now to, 8, uh, to 855-450-FREE, that's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there, and they're all free for you. freetalklive.com. If you're like me, and you think that gold and silver are probably on their way up, and that they're bargain priced right now, these are things I believe. I certainly have plenty of medals myself. Then you should go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have several coins and uh, you know pieces for you to pick from there. Beautiful Lakota Nation silver rounds, uh, the, the Ludwig von Mises uh, pieces there. The, so it's the Mises pieces. And, you know, all kinds of gold pieces, too. You can get the maple leafs. And by the way, Ian, that's the only time you can be able to say leafs grammatically correctly. Because really? it's not leaves. Why? Leaves. It's maple leaves because they're coins with a maple leaf on it, and they're called maple leaves because it is a maple leaf coin. So the plural of maple leaf, in this case, you're saying is maple leaves. As opposed to maple leaves. So anyway, you can go to gold.freetalklive.com, load up on uh, precious metals there, and get some of the best prices on the internet, and help Free Talk Live in the process. Was it you that were saying the other day that apparently there's like some new rule in English that says you can't use the I, like cacti, that that's out? It, it's it's very unpo- it's unpopular. Yeah, like the, the, I don't care. That's still a great word to say. It's, awesome. it's, it's like meese for plural of moose. Yeah, it's it's fun. But they're no they're they're trying to get rid of the eye. Yeah, yeah. remember I. it's a stylist. It's a style issue um, when it comes to language, especially at, at this level. Um, and you know, it's it's not stylistic. They're also doing away with cursive. So good riddance. <sighs> I don't understand cursive. I hate cursive, and I still don't know how to write a Z in cursive. I never understood that one when sure. I was growing yeah. up. Well, I could teach you. you That's just, okay. You I've... could just drop the loop off the bottom and just make it a regular so Z. I went to private school. <laughs> I went to private school, so they taught us how to write in cursive. Sure. sure. I went to government school. My grandmother school. wrote in cursive, but I mean, I, you just don't find people that write in cursive anymore. I just don't see any reason for it. And they didn't even call it it? cursive. They call it handwriting. Handwriting. It makes it harder to read. I mean, you're already, males tend to already have really poor handwriting. You want me to write in cursive on top of having bad handwriting? No. Yeah. I don't get it. 
Uh, so, by the way, I don't think I'm going to teach my son uh, cursive. I just why don't bother? think it's, what, where, what, what does it come in handy? It doesn't do anything. I don't think I'm going to teach him fractions. Checks? Certainly not at the age that uh, they don't teach European kids fractions. They don't. What do they know about fractions? They deal in uh, in decimals. Right. I mean. Y- there's a little bit of cursive in my signature when I sign a check, but uh, it's not real cursive. It's just like right, sure. Like, Sarah puking on a page. That's you're puking on a page. That's what the signatures look like. Just people just randomly doing things on a page. Like they have nothing. Signatures have nothing to do with cursive. So I'm just trying to think of. I don't use cursive in any other way, shape, or form. I love it when they tell you to sign your full name on a document. Well, wait a second. Do you want me to sign or do you want my full name? Because my signature could be an X. It could be. So a signature is a signature. Your full name is your full name. They may be the same thing. They may not. Have you ever heard people you know, say this? Yeah. Because I love to have these conversations. I've got nothing better to do with my life. I'm a radio talk show host for a living. <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and talk to you about uh, this ludicrous statement you've made to me. And uh, really, do you want my signature? Do you want my full name? You know, this kind of silly stuff that people say. Sometimes you can sign things Democrats. without actually signing. Like online, when you sign up for the Free State Project, go to freestateproject.org and join the over 1,000 people now here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, the nearly 12,000 people that have pledged to make the move and to get active for liberty. If there's ever anything that's going to change these corrupt court systems, it's going to be people doing something. I don't know what it is. Some sort of inside the system thing. It's going to have to be inside the system. These judges need to be replaced. It needs to be a, a, you know, a it needs to be a groundswell of people that just say, look, this judicial system as it exists is corrupt and they need to you know they need to fill the general court here in new hampshire and at some point these judges will be so petrified they'll have to start handing down just rulings oh boy you're a dreamer i love it well that's why we're here is to hopefully make some differences i think we already have in a number of different ways it's just that the most entrenched bureaucracies are going to be the hardest to affect either that or you leave them and these guys are choice these guys are entrenched so let's go to jake listening in indiana i think listening to benton harbor in michigan's 94.9 WSJM. Hey, Jake. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I listened to your your topic today, and I have uh, it is a paper in college. I may touch on uh, on your topic briefly here. Uh, I did a paper that the title was that uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in my in my contentions there, my my thesis that that was the three organizations in this country that are extremely corrupt. And I dealt with the uh, judges, the court systems, law enforcement, and the last piece is our politicians. And there were a lot of documented cases out there in which all these have, you know, been documented. I tell, I tell friends of mine, I said, don't take my word for it. You can look this stuff up. I mean, uh, in regards to, like, the, the court system you were talking briefly about, you have judges that uh, may not follow the uh, uh, the law, but impose their own personal belief systems or values against a defendant. In law enforcement, uh, I know they have checks in there that say they're supposed to you know, checks and balances within each one of their niches. However, you know, you have the blue wall, and then you have uh, documented cases there. Uh, What's the name of uh, the officer in uh, New York? Uh, uh, Frank Serpico. Serpico. The case, Rodney, uh, yeah. Um, you know, he uh, is uh, fellow officers in different precincts there. You know, uh, they were pretty corrupt. Uh, look at the Rodney King episode. And then when you get into uh, politicians there, well, you know, you got their uh, lobbyist groups out there. These these guys get a lot of kickback. 
So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of corrupt... Uh, I think that the system itself corrupts people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, power itself corrupts, as you've already observed. Monopolies. In, in all these cases, these uh, organizations are essentially monopolies. In their given geographic area, they don't have competition. And if they do have competition, that competition's, uh, you know, cartelized with them in the sense of uh, police and then sheriffs mm-hmm. or state police and that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they'd much rather t- put you, the citizen, citizen um, away in jail than go after one of their own. Absolutely. Because they don't want their own coming after them. Well, there was also an interesting uh, there was an interesting article that we read once, Mark, about how there's scientific evidence that power corrupts human beings. More than one. Yeah. So Uh, Absolutely. And those three tiers, exactly. I think uh, people may go in with good intentions, but the, 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 the thrill or just the power the power struggle, the power thing there just, uh, I think, uh, overwhelms people, and they, you know, give into it. Not all of them. I don't mean to say all of them, but, uh, I mean, there are a lot of cases out there. Well, you know, I wonder in those cases, there are a lot of cases, and, you know, since on this show we read about these night after night after night, we certainly don't bring by any stretch of the imagination all the corrupt cop stories that we read in the United States. I mean, they're almost not even news. They're so common. But... You wonder if this is as common as it is, these other cops, the good cops, the nine out of ten good cops that are supposed to be running around in these stations, how come they're not doing something about these other cops? Or is it actually collusion? Is it that they are too scared? Is it there's so yeah. few good cops that they sit around huddled, scared in the corner? Is it that, that corruption comes from the top down? Well, I guess there's lots of possibilities. I mean, you could you have the blue wall, of course, or it could be very dangerous for them. Oh yeah, I mean, right. There's just possibilities I'm throwing out there. So I mean, uh, and, and that's unfortunate. Well, right. I mean, if you are a good cop and you see what the bad cops are doing to people who are innocent, that might scare you into wondering what they would do to one of their own who turned on them. Oh, we've seen what's happened with your politicians as well. You know, they're just as, you know, they're, you know, they're just as guilty. They manipulate the law. They're worse. They don't even have a exactly. long-term job to look for. They're just looking for the next four years. Hey, Jake, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk quickly to AC in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nemi and Mark. Hey, guys. I had an uh, interesting, um, kind of funny, but maybe a little uh, disturbing question I think I'd like to ask you guys. All right, go. Okay. Now, for those of you, I know, for those of you who may have kids, and I know Mark, you do. You have a son. Um, we live in a society that's very um, demonizing of sex, but very welcoming to violence. So, I have a question for you: If you had a child, would you rather them grow up to be a soldier or a porn star? Wow, porn this, star! These are the only choices that you get. Yes, <laughs> porn star. <laughs> for sure. Porn star, no problem. Porn yep. star, easy Done. choice. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage him to wear a condom. It's safer. There you go, AC. What's your answer to the question? I'd say porn star too, because at least porn stars aren't killing people, killing right. innocent people. Right. Unless, unless it's like rape or something, but that's not porn. That's snuff. Yeah. Well, is snuff real? I mean, is it real? Probably okay. not. Yeah. <laughs> Timing is everything, guys. Timing is everything, and we're out of it right now. AC, Thank thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> What, are you in a rush to leave, Mark? You don't have to stay here. Nimmy and I can hold the fort down. You got some, you know, you got a cake in the oven or something? I just don't need to be asked questions about my son becoming a porn star. <laughs> You're just jealous. Of. You would be jealous. Of. Of your son. Oh, yeah. dear. You know it. 
Good night, guys. See you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.